I just want to, for a few moments, speak on those scriptures just to let you just draw your attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, whenever, whether it's Matthew chapter 2, or whether it's Luke chapter 2, or whether it's Matthew even chapter 1, get into chapter 2, we find that all things were to center upon the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew's gospel, we're told that the wise men came to see the young child Jesus. Notice, the wise men came to see the young child Jesus. And in Luke's gospel, chapter 2, we're told that the shepherds came to see the newborn baby Jesus. Notice the difference. The young child Jesus, the newborn baby Jesus. We tend to think that because of tradition, there were three wise men. Songs like we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we travel so far. And really there's no sign of them being three at all. There's at least two. There may have been many. Some think there was ten. There could have been twelve. But really there was not really three, but because of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, we tend to think that there were three or tradition tells us such the difference in these people who came to see Christ, the shepherds came to see a newborn baby. But the wise men came to see a young child. And that's why even when they come to Herod asking for him, that Herod becomes known as Herod the baby killer because he slays all the males of two years and under. So really this was at a later time when these men had come to see the Lord Jesus. It wasn't at the same time. It wasn't in the stable. In fact, we're told they came to a house, not into a stable in the Scripture. The Lord Jesus is a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes when the shepherds come to him. And the, the contrast and the vast difference between these two groups of men is tremendous. Yet they all point to the same place and to the same person. The wise men were obviously men of importance, men of wealth, bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh. We know gold is of value. Frankincense was a, an oil or, or it was a rock. Or a, 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 it was like a seed that could be crushed. And it was used for perfumes. And then the oil of myrrh, it was also used for healing balm. It was used for burials and so forth. And these three gifts are given to a baby or to a young child under two. The wise men, when they come, they fall down and worship Jesus. And the shepherds, when they come, they bring nothing. Absolutely nothing. The wise men, they follow a star. The shepherds followed the word. The star that was seen, seen in the heavens, or some people think it was the, a planetary alignment that shone, but how could that shine over one house? How could it rest over one house? And there may well have been that planetary alignment to guide men to a place, but really it must have been some supernatural act of the Holy Spirit to come and rest right over a house, a star. For example, our sun is a star. The sun that our planets revolve around is a star, and by far is it the biggest one. There are many, many which are vast times bigger. And yet how could one come and hover over a house? Really, God, in his miraculous way, was able to lead these men 
by a star, by a a shining star, if you want, something that would shine in the darkness to bring them out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And of course, the word which the shepherds followed was the word given unto them from heaven when the host of the angels of God would sing in the heavenly host and tell him the heavenly choir would sing and fill the, 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 the sky with praises. And because of that, they would follow the word by faith. The shepherds came after the multitude would sing unto them. In both cases, something of the utmost importance happened. Notice, in both cases, it led them to Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will lead you to Christ. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God will not lead you somewhere else that there's no salvation in. But rather, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will always lead you to the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit and the Word will always take you to the place where Christ is glorified, where Christ is exalted, where Christ is lifted up, where Christ is magnified. And if Christ is not exalted and glorified and magnified and lifted up, whether it be in a church setting or anywhere else, then the Holy Spirit hath not been there nor brought you. And the Word of God is found to be very sparse. The Word of God cannot do anything when the Holy Spirit wings it to the heart, but show Christ. Must show Christ in all things. Every gospel message must show the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single one. Every gospel preacher should preach Christ. Every man or every woman who are Christian who say they're filled with the Spirit of God and love the Word of God should show Christ in their life. Not only that, but they should tell of Christ throughout their life. For that is what the Spirit does, but show the wonderful Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 9, we're told of the star it went before them, that is the shepherds, till it came and stood over where the young child was. Notice, or pardon me, the, the wise men, over where the young child was. Here, this star, this, what I think is not just a star alignment in the heavens, but this uh, manifestation of God's Spirit over a house says, here, if you're looking for the Savior, He's here. If you're looking for redemption, he's here. If you're looking anywhere else, you'll not find him. And how often is it that we hear of men and women looking for different things in their life for the redemption of their soul, but they find none of it because they have not yet realized the Spirit must draw you to Christ. Here they, they follow this star, and as they follow this shining star, he always guides to Jesus. And if a man and woman wants to be saved, if a man and woman wants to enter God's kingdom, his heaven, if God is drawing you, then you'll find that it's God who has been doing the work within you to bring you to Christ. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, This shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes 
lying in a manger. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The heavenly host, the heavenly host that fills the skies, the heavenly host that's filled the heavens, that's appeared unto the poor and lowly shepherds, this is what they cry. The Savior has come. The child has been born. Little George, he read from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, which was given 700 years before his birth. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And now the heavenly hosts are starting to say to these lowly men on the mountainside, He has come. The one who was spoken of by the prophets is here. It's not a, an accident that this baby is found in Bethlehem, for even that was told of God. Do you know in Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, one of the prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's called the star of Jacob, the star of Jacob. Out of Jacob's loins, that is Jacob Israel, comes the Lord Jesus Christ. The star who was in the heavens is now the star who is in the manger, wrapped and clothed in flesh. The same star through his spirit that led the wise men is the same star that now through the Son of God is seen in a baby's manger or in a cattle trough. Is that not a great mystery? That great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh. He's called Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. He's God, a very God. He is Almighty God. He is the one true and living God who hath made himself known unto us. And here he comes as a baby. He contracts as a span, as it were. And we find him still God of the universe, yet a helpless babe in a manger needing fed, needing cleaned, and needing clothed. The angels of heaven, where do they point to? They point to Christ. All of heaven worships him. All of heaven adores him. All of heaven praises him. All of heaven loves him. And he comes down and he becomes a man that he might redeem us from our sins. What a God. What a Savior. What a Christ. The star of Jacob is the star sign, if you want. People looking for their stars. Stay away from the stars. Don't be reading them. They're no good. It's full of nonsense anyhow. The wise men call him a king. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, when they go to Herod, and they're saying, where is he that is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, worship is only given to God. 
And these wise men say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? The word Jews is the word Judeus, or it means can be somebody from Judea, somebody from the Jewish religion, or it can be somebody from the house of Judah. He says, where is he that is the king of Judah? For we have seen his star in the east, and we're come to worship him. Imagine saying that to Herod the king. Herod was a Jew by his religion, but he was an Edomite by his race. They were robbers of true Israel. And imagine coming and saying, we have another king, and he has arrived. That's why Herod, of course, would go mad and, and want the babies killed who were two years of age and younger. The shepherds, they see him as a lamb, a savior. For example, Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let me ask you something. Does anyone know? Does anyone know why he appeared, or they appeared, the angels appeared to the shepherds? Let me tell you why. The shepherds were to watch their flock not only because of dangers, but they were to make sure that if they wanted to sell the lamb to the temple or to people going at Passover, they would make money. They were poor as their living. And they had to make sure there was no breakages in their limbs. There was no, uh, nothing wrong with their little feet. There was nothing wrong. They weren't scarred or they weren't marked. They had to look after the lambs with such tender care because the Lord says in his word in Exodus chapter 12, when Israel were coming out of Egypt, he says, take a lamb of the first year. It must be without blemish, and it must be without spot. If you offer anything up to me that's, that's ruined, that's marred, he says, I don't want it. And so they looked meticulously, and they watched carefully the lambs upon the hillside, that no harm would come to them. That's why they would minister to them. That's why they would pour in uh, medicinal medicinal ointments into them and, and try and help them and wash them and clean them and feed them. That was their living. And suddenly on the hillside, the heavenly hosts appear and know what they're saying? The Savior, the Lamb to end, the finish of all Lamb sacrifice is now born. The spotless lamb, the precious lamb, the beautiful lamb of the Father of Almighty God. You'll find him. He's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. That's why they were looking for the lamb. And, and the Lord says, you want to see a lamb? You want to see purity? You want to see wholeness in the lamb? He says, go to Bethlehem and you'll find my lamb. John the Baptist calls him the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In 1 Peter chapter 1, let's read it. In 1 Peter chapter 1. And listen to what it says. Peter's talking to those who have been saved by grace. And we'll start reading... <clears throat> Excuse me. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. 
For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers. Notice Peter says, the tradition of Israel's fathers, they cannot save you. Friend, tradition can't save you. Tradition can't redeem you. It doesn't matter what tradition, institution, or denomination you think you belong to, salvation is not found in it, and there is no redemption for you. He says, you're not received, you did not receive it by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. There it is. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained from before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Peter says, this lamb of God, in the mind of God, had already been slain away in eternity, that before there was a sinner on the earth, there was a Savior in heaven. And Peter says it's not through the traditions and it's not even through the temple, but if you want to be saved, friend, Israel coming out of Egypt had to take the blood and apply it to the doorposts and the door lintels. And he says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And on that day when you and I stand before God, and that day when you and I stand before Him and they give an account for our lives, He's not going to be interested in how well you have done and how clean you have lived or how sorry you now feel. He's not going to be interested in what church you went to. He's not going to say you went to CET and you went out to a carol service. I'm going to let you through. I'm going to forgive you. No, friend. He says, when I see the blood, he's looking for the blood of the Lamb. I will pass over you. And Peter says, Christ is that Lamb that was already foreordained before the foundation of the world. And we come to him with our gifts, and we come to him with good works, and we come to him with good personalities, and we come to him with all our lovelies and pleasantries, and we say, aren't I good enough, O God? And he says, no, for before the foundation of the world, I have set the one way that you can be saved and forgiven and redeemed, and that's through the blood of my Son. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one way to be forgiven. There's only one way to be redeemed. There's only one way to be cleansed, to be justified and right before God. And that is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sin of the world. Are you saved? Are you washed by faith in the blood of the Lamb? Chronologically, in its order, the shepherds were there before the wise men. The shepherds were there before the wise men. The wise men found a young child in a house. The shepherds found a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Herein is a lesson for all of us. First of all, we must see the Lamb of God, His first coming as the Lamb to bear away our sin. Before his second coming, we see him as a coming king. Where is he that is born the king of Judea? 
the king of Judah. Here is another thing to learn, that when we get saved, we see him as the Lamb of God. We trust in him as the Lamb of God, who's paid all our debt of all of our sin. When we come to him as the Lamb who bore our sin in his own body on the tree, then as we go further down, we come to know him. Because when the wise men came, the wise men showed us that they had some knowledge of who he was. How did they know this? Everywhere you go, you're hearing that the wise men came from a far-off country. And that's true, they traveled from afar. Some say they were from the Zoroastrian movement or, or belief of astrology. And that could, be well, that could be well true in many ways. But where did they come from? We have seen a star in the east. Either they were in the east and seen his star, but they were in the east, or they were in the west and saw it in the east and went east. Either way, when they came, they journeyed. Some say they were from Parthia, an ancient empire in the east. Parthia was an ancient empire of scattered Israelites. Here we see them coming. See, they knew the Word of God. Somehow they knew that this star and the Word represented where Christ would come, where Messiah would be born. So they knew it from somehow, some way, it didn't seem to be just some random heathen who's decided to look at the stars and know Christ. They says, we have seen, listen, his star. Not we have just followed any star. We have seen his star. Again, the word and the spirit leads you to Christ. And they come from the northern house to the southern house of Judah. We're looking for the king. We're looking for he who is born, the king of Judah. I want to close with this. Thank you for your attention. The gifts that were given by the wise men, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, some say, represents deity, and it represents kingship. See, how did they know unless they knew some scriptures from the Old Testament? The king is coming. The king would be born. Frankincense was that perfume. It's like the prayers of the saints. And that perfume was in the tabernacle in the wilderness. The gold overlaid everything to show deity. And the perfume was sent up to heaven, as it were. That incense that would arise, like the prayers of the saints. Frankincense speaks of a priestly role. Here we have the Lord Jesus as our great high priest in the glory. Here we have the Lord Jesus who's praying for every child of God, interceding in our behalf. He's our coming king. He's our priest. And myrrh was for his death. He was prophesied he would die. He prophesied he would rise again. And he prophesied it would be on the third day. Here is Christ wrapped up in these three gifts our king to rule over us, our priest to pray for us, and the prophet to bring God's word to us. God sent forth his son, and he was able to use these gifts. For example, when he went to Egypt, he was able to live on them. God was his great provider. And friend, tonight, 
if you're not saved and you come to the cross, you'll find that God has provided everything you need. He has given His Son that you might be saved. He'll give you His Spirit if you come to Him in faith. And He will seal you for all eternity that you will be saved, that you will be born again of the Spirit, that you will be forgiven. I know tonight is a choral service night. I want to stop there. But how can we speak about the King without bringing the Word to talk about the King, our great Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ? May He bless His own Word to all of our hearts for His name's sake. Amen. Amen.